This episode of The View from the Rock is brought to you by SignDog Northwest. They're your source for custom signs, banners, boat names, fleet graphics, and more custom design services available. In addition, this episode is brought to you by Merle Inc. They're the premier custom home builder in the Clee Ellum area and a proud featured home builder in Sun Katie Resort and Tumble Creek. Welcome back to The View from the Rock. I'm your host, Ruck, and I'm so happy that we're finally getting our newest episode in for this new year. It's been forever since we did an episode. It's been since the Secret Live podcast. And today we're going to get to talk about movie soundtracks. We're going to talk about a beer of the week, which will be surprising for everybody. And we're going to talk about our top three pro wrestlers swap how are you doing i'm doing great and since you gave that intro i'm doing better just sent shivers up my spine it's been so long how about you mr morgenthaler i feel good it's good start to the new year except for the husky game but we'll talk about that um i think it's been almost a month since we've done one other than the secret podcast yeah i felt like like i uh hadn't seen you guys like when i saw you at school the other day i was like hey 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 how how are you (laughs) yeah it's been almost a month since we were here in the yellow dog studios we the secret podcast was amazing it was an amazing event it didn't really feel like a podcast and then it didn't go on the airwaves either so it's been it's been almost a month i think it will rock and talk about that but i was just happy with the turnout Basically, I thought it was, it turned into an ultimate Christmas party. Yeah. And the day was perfect. It was the Friday before Christmas. So a lot of people were able to get off work. And I, I mean, we, there was close to 80 people there. Yeah. And we didn't know. We thought maybe there will be 40. Yeah. And it was, it was a who's who of awesome people. It was fun. I mean, the Mount Vernon boys showed up. Yeah. Yeah. Nice to see. A, I mean, if you tried to put that group together, Without this podcast, it would never happen. And shout out to uh, our host there, Jeff Lizenby with the Anchor Inn. Yeah. They were they were on their game. Absolutely. I It's definitely one of those things where um, there was a real confluence of events that led to it being as perfect as it was from the standpoint of um, all the people that showed up, all of the fans, all the friends that if you just said, hey, let's go to the Anchor and have some beers sort of start the holidays right you wouldn't have got half the people there yeah no and uh and so that that was a special thing for for us to be there you know like i had some family there i had some of my friends which normally wouldn't interact with maybe all of you guys and your friends and my other friends so that was pretty cool to see everyone we had there. family there um then we had two-thirds of our moms were there yeah yeah my mom was not there yeah I don't think your mom would come. Some no. people who had never been to the Anchor before. Yeah. Um, had would, your mom ever been there? No, and she had a nice glass of wine. Did she say nice? Well, no. <laughs> I, the Silverthorns were there in force. They were. There were. I had two of my aunts there. And then uh, we actually uh, led to a nice dinner across the street, down, oh. down the road a little bit. We had... We had a table of about 14 at the Vagabond. <laughs> that night turned into an S show, basically. 
Yeah, it was a it was a huge party. It was fun, and then it ended up down here at Yellow Dog Studios, not necessarily in the studio, but in my basement. Yeah, it was it, it was a legendary. That that was a great day. Eighteen hours. I mean, there's a few people I won't name names, but like lost their wallets. There what? was a there was a lost wallet, and we're not going to name any names. Um. There was stuff left there. I was going to say, at one point, we thought we'd left the shirts there. We thought we'd left a I bunch know. of stuff. I thought, I'm like, where's the shirts? It is a miracle that the shirts and the money were all accounted for <laughs> yes. the next day. Speaking of, we still have some merch. Uh, we're going to do some new orders. Yeah, we. Uh, whoever did the orders um, had some size, sizing errors. So we had a lot of mediums and smalls that were requested and we're going to put in an order for those. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the funny thing for me, too, is that I hadn't told many, many people about the podcast, including like my parents knew I did a podcast, but then that I went to do a podcast and there were 70 people there. I think they were kind of like, oh, like this is not just uh, uh, you and your buddies talking and hanging out. And so I think they actually listened to their first podcast. Maybe they'll listen to this one. Who knows? So what do we got going on locally right now? Local hoops is going. The boys and girls were grinding through January. You know, we had a we had a good trip to Yakima. Mm-hmm. And it looked like things were going. We're on the up and up. Yeah. We played really well two games and left Yakima feeling great. Shout out to Single Hero Brewing. Oh, we had. We it feels like it's been a that. year ago. It feels like a year ago. We walked into Single Hill Brewing, not to get sidetracked. Just gonna, you know, we had mentioned Single Hill a month or two ago and had uh, one of their IPAs as our beer of the week. And we went in there to, you know, get a nice beer. Because it's right next, it was a block from our hotel. And we dropped smack dab into Trivia Night within 30 seconds of starting. So you guys we participated? In, yes, and they said, hey, here you go. You sit down, you're playing. And Swap and I played. And our team name was Merle Inc. Because <laughs> we were wearing our merch. <laughs> yeah, we're wearing Merle Inc. merch. Uh, how'd you guys fare? Um, we got a zero. <laughs> so let me, let me qualify this, though. The last <laughs> round, you could bid all your points. Or you could bid as many points as you wanted to. And we were trying to win. So we bid everything. And yeah. then we lost. We lost the last round. So we ended up taking last because oh. we got zero points. And what do you get for taking last? We get a pick one um, tri trivia round for next time's trivia. Which probably has already happened. It's, I think it's happening this week. Yeah, I think it is. Because Road we trip. were there on a Wednesday night. Yes, I think it's happening tonight. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> And guess Rock, what the tri what we picked? Um, because we're from the West Side. Oh God, I have no idea. Anacortes trivia. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yes. Yeah. So we we said that, and they announced it, and then these guys at a table were from Natchez, and they wanted to talk about fishing and crabbing. Yes, it was. And then football brought was brought up, and we we actually when we sat down and grabbed a beer, and we're like, you know what, we're gonna win this bitch. <laughs> and the categories it, were awful. Oh. One of the categories was gum, 
or history of gum. And then there was one where they they listed all these New Year's traditions, and you had to decide whether it was real or fake. And every fifty percent true or false, or we got wrong. Yeah. Wow. I, you know, there's a real art to making trivia. Uh, I remember when we were doing COVID, and uh, we were doing some trivia in COVID, and you had to, someone was in charge of trivia for one of the nights. It's hard coming up with good ones because you think, oh, this is kind of cool. This might be challenging. No, you don't want it challenging. No, and no, it's too hard. Don't. It's no fun. I know. Yeah. You want everyone to get like at least 70%. And so those eight, ones yeah. like the history of gum, no one knows that. Oh, it was it was fun. It though. was fun. So I thought we were going to do okay. And then, you know, we're like, oh, crap. And then they're like, oh, Merle Inc., you guys finished last. You get a pick next week's <laughs> trivia. And everybody's looking at us like we're a couple of bumpkins. Have you guys ever done the Longhorn trivia? No, I've heard good things about it though. Yeah, it's good. It's a uh, that like I was saying, it's challenging at times, but it's definitely attainable. And if you've got the right conglomeration of people from different is that a walks group of, of life, four only? I think it's limited to four. Well, so that was another you handicap. You know, whole herds do that a lot. Yeah, yeah. Well, we were a group of two. Yeah. at Single Hill, and there were there were tables with eight people. And Single Hill is just kind of like Bastion. Um, it's a tap house. Or not? No, not really. They make their own stuff. So yeah, yeah. Okay, so they have dogs are allowed and family, and then they have some food. Okay. Yeah, and you can somebody, bring your own food in. Somebody was eating a nice grilled cheese. Yeah. with tomato soup. It looked good, but I had already eaten that night. Yes. So it was uh, that was fun, but you know we came back from Yakima feeling really good, and then we kind of hit a bump in the road with basketball, uh, losing. Two out of four. Cedar Crest mm-hmm. and Lakewood? Yeah. Okay. So we're back on the up and up a little bit, and we got a game tomorrow night, and then basically two games a week, and in three weeks, the regular season is over. Yeah. Just, oh, wow. just when you think it's starting, it's you're over the hill. And the girls are they're plugging along. I think you know, they're they, eight and four. They had a tough injury to my niece, Reese, um, point guard. Broken wrist? Yeah. So she could come back maybe first week of playoffs. So they're trying to get through that. Um, I saw them play, and they were playing Marysville Pilchuck. Went with my brother over break, and they dominated. Yeah. Went by like 60. Yeah. Uh, Marysville Pilchuck is my wife's alma mater. Go Tomahawks. Yeah. Are they still the Tomahawks? I think they are. I think that the – I just need to be careful what I say because – it's 2024, but I think the tribe endorsed okayed it. Yeah. the yeah. Tomahawk mascot. And there was only one high school then. Yeah. Back in the day, and it was huge. Because we used to play our district tournament there. That's right. Remember, it was so cool because there were stands behind the basket. Yep. Well, at one point, that was the largest high school in the state population. I think it well, was. Well, in the late 80s, early 90s, man, there were some great athletes coming out of there. Palcoa. Palcoa yeah. brothers. Yeah. Brent Montague. Yeah. I mean, you guys might not know who this is, but Jared Rum. Have you heard that name? Uh, track guy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Thrower of some sort. Yeah. He went to R- Boise State. Rome. Rome. And he medaled in the Olympics, I believe, in either shot or discus. But yeah, he was wow. a big time. Yeah. Wow. Well, and then we had the you know the college football playoff. And the, the semifinals 
was probably one of the most fun nights I've ever been a part of. That was, uh, you know, between that and the Pac-12 championship, very similar nights. Yes. Same house, same seat, same food. Same beverage. Same shirt. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, it was same people. It was it was pretty cool. It was. It was yeah. fun. That Texas game, it just felt like such a classic Pacific Northwest game where you think we're going to win, but you know they're just going to be some heart attack kids, and it went down to the wire. And, man, I love their aggressiveness, but there were a couple times where it was just like, if you would have played it close to the vest, we wouldn't have been in that situation. But I also think that... I hope they do something about that rule where, gosh, having a guy get injured and making it so that you can't run timeout. Like, well, yeah. and that was a real injury. Oh, yeah. It wasn't like Oregon. Yeah. I know. And so I get that there's a rule to prevent a team, you know, if you were, uh, if you were driving down the field and it's, you know, less than two minutes and you need to score using fake injuries as timeouts. I understand that they're trying to avoid that. But there's got to be some way they can modify that so that you don't get a team that gets just absolutely screwed by that. Well, speaking of, that guy transferred to Wazoo. The Oregon guy that faked the injury? Yeah, so now they can fake it at Wazoo. Yeah. Wait, I don't remember what you're talking about. Was that in the UW game this year? Oregon's been faking injuries the last three times we played them. Oh. So real quick, the college football, the semis, I got to give a shout out. So Big Chris, who's a beaver, we made a bet, um, substantial, not a substantial amount of money, but um, so I won that. He had Texas and I had Washington. And we made a call to him after the game and he, he, he answered. And we were at a different level than him, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And so he took it, and then we made another bet for the national title game, and he won it all back. Yep. So <laughs> he he gets it, and we talked this week, and so I told him, you know, he 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 earned it, and I had to take, I had to eat crow, and he called me probably ten times during the game, and then I talked to him after the game. He even called me yesterday and asked if I was doing okay. You know that that game against Michigan. There were so many moments in that that you look and you go, if we had just executed that play. Yeah. And Michael Penick said it after as he's like almost going to cry that they didn't beat us. Like we beat ourselves. There's these situations where we always make those plays and we didn't. And yeah, every, that's all. We've made those plays every game all year. Well, and there's a lot of in the, in the national media and social media, Michigan just dominated. And they, they did run for 280 yards or whatever it was, but – that game was 20 to 13 in the fourth quarter and we hit a dunes a on that long pass and it comes back with a holding call yeah and that game we're right there fourth quarter even that play where he misread that pass in a dunes a without yeah. a touchdown we had the dropped with the oh, running back yeah, on, on a third, third down. down yep and some of the you know i don't i don't make excuse like to do that but like there was there was a lot of stuff where they held the all game you know well, and after yeah. Garden got screwed a couple times, and he, you know, he had a bad game. Yeah, and just bouncing back from the start of the game, where 
those first three possessions for them, they score and there's just long runs and you're like, this is ridiculous. I know. We're going to get just destroyed. And then somehow their defense recovered. Uh, I didn't think that was going to happen. No, middle of the game, the defense got it, gave him a chance to get into it. Well, even, I mean, just winning a title and whatever it is at any level yeah, is so hard. It's hard. You have to be lucky, good, avoid injuries, like a state title. And what is it about Harbaugh that is so annoying? So annoying. But he's also a cheater. Yeah, I mean, but, uh, I mean, he was there what seven games this year? Yeah, yeah, out of fifteen. Just even like when he's he's won and he's getting interviewed and he's looking up the confetti and his interview that he gave, where he's like, "Just look at all the confetti. Each one tells a story." Like, sh- or at shut, the beginning of both games, up. just do you. He's out. We're there. doing you, and oh, we're gonna be fine. He's out there, so he's gone. He's oh. going to the NFL. So oh, yeah. is, is he the next Seahawk coach? Oh, better not be. Well, speaking of Pete Carroll today. Yeah. So I, I hope not. How do you guys feel about that? You okay? I'm fine with Pete Carroll being done. I'm not. I, I think it's time. It's been, what, 16 years? You know, the, low, the lows How right many? now. 14. 14. The lows right now are 9-8, and 9-8. Eight, and, eight. and I just worry they're going to be... Four and thirteen next year. Yeah, I have some mixed feelings. I agree with, kind of agree with both of you that I would, had kind of felt like it might be time, only because I feel like the current the current players we have seem to not buy into his message very well. Well, and they're and, young, and they're young, and they get under my skin and annoy me. Like I hate having to watch Tariq Woolen avoid contact. It drives me insane. Yeah, and. You know, he he got benched some. So I know Pete is doing all he can, and he's one of the best motivators ever. So if he can't get him to do what he wants, like who else is going to? But, you know, I I didn't want Pete to leave and be fired, and I didn't want him to not be a part of the organization. So I'm just happy that somehow he's still part of the organization. That was a big thing for me. I don't know if I want Dan Quinn. Vrabel? I think Vrabel would be great. Like he's like it's an interesting idea. But is he would he go to New England if Belichick is done? Man. Wouldn't that be crazy? So not only today did Pete Carroll step down amicably and is gonna be part of our organization, but then Nick Saban retires. And if you get Belichick out all maybe in the span of a week, there's like three of the greatest head football coaches that we've had in this recent run of games. Yeah, that's amazing. So I haven't read much on Saban. Who's taken over there? Is that are the, that's not an internal deal or anything like that? They're just going to open it. I, I, I don't know. I only saw the headline that he's retiring. Yeah, me too. It'll be interesting tonight to watch some just press conferences and see the whole NIL thing and the portal is huge. Like t- Nick Fantini was talking the other day about a buddy, and he's like, he said we are going to bring in like four high school kids. Because we're getting 20 transfers for football. Wow. And we don't, and they've already played. So we know they can play. Yeah. Like we're not bringing in anyone. So it's got to be hard for a high school kid. Oh, it's, and what level? Yeah. Uh, Small D1. Okay. And on top of that, we're still feeling the effects of everybody getting that COVID year. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, we, uh, 
we ready to move on? We don't have any shout outs, no mailbox. Oh, I got huh? one new shout out. Do you? Yeah. Um, it's not on the notes. It's not. Um, but this guy is a buddy of mine, more of a buddy of Ross's. Yeah. And he, I see him at the gym, and he was a fireman, or he still is, I think, EMT, and he's also a fishing guide. But Rick Davis, um, his son, Braden, yeah. we used to have maybe in class. Yeah. So he class, yeah. saw him at the gym the other day, and he was just like, hey, you're, you guys are awesome. And I'm like, all right, thanks, Rick. I'll be damned. So we got a, we got a couple new listeners out there. So Love Rick, it. thanks for listening. Appreciate it. Okay, what do we got next, Mr. Rock Dashel? Well, we're going to be talking about a musical genre of movie soundtracks. And so that doesn't mean the main theme song from a movie that was made just for that movie. Often these could be compilations where they've taken all these different popular songs and combined them into one track that they've used at different times in the movie. Sometimes, though, they will have their own original one. Uh, like kind of one that comes to mind is, you know, I think Lion King the soundtrack for it has some originals, but also has some that were not original. So like that, you know, we're just out in the, the ether, right? Isn't, am I getting that right? I don't know much about the Lion King soundtrack. Uh, that was a big time in my life. Akuna Matata. Did I say that right? And I think that that would definitely, that be means one of those. no worries. Yeah. Really? Yes. We, Learn every time we're on the podcast. We learn something new. So speaking of yeah, um, the Lion King, you want to hear one joke I have about it? Oh, my gosh. Is this a new segment we're creating? <laughs> Jokes with this Jay? Is, no, this is kind of funny. Okay. I, I think it is. Fire away. Um, so Simba was walking too slow. I told him to Mufasa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah? Oh. It's not bad. Yeah, that's good. Uh, how did you come across that joke? Um, it's in my repertoire. <laughs> I think he meant his oeuvre or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, ha- I actually found a bunch of old dad jokes, and I left them on my phone for notes, and I thought that one was funny. I and think I that's told it be... to the kids at school, and they laughed. That's going to be a new segment from now on. Maybe gonna... one joke? Joke of the week. You're going to tell us Bad dad. joke Friday? Yeah. yeah. Dad jokes until we laugh. Okay. I've well, got that a, one. I don't, I, that, I can't, that's number one. I've I got mean. a great Mike Tyson joke. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm not going to say it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in a few months. <laughs> uh, yeah. I guess it was a Mike Tyson joke. Maybe you, he wouldn't remember it. So, you know, I was looking at this list. I'm a little confused because we're doing movie soundtracks, but you also have number one singles. I don't. So can you clarify why we're talking about number one singles and movie soundtracks? Is that like which one rose to the top? So we're sitting here before the podcast and Ruck asks, so why are all these songs here number one singles? I thought we were talking about movie soundtracks. And I said, well, my number one movie soundtrack is from the movie Singles. And you said... This is like a movie that you guys have seen. Oh, my God. So Ruck has never heard of or seen the movie Singles. Matt Dillon. And I think it's 1994. Yeah. No, I can't. Yeah, maybe 92, because I think I was still in the Seattle area then. Filmed in Seattle. Yeah. Whoa. Um, and all of these songs were on the soundtrack. I so mean, we have Screaming Trees. 
Nearly Lost You, Alice in Chains, Wood, Pearl Jam, Breath, or Breathe, mm-hmm. Smashing Pumpkins, Drown, Chris Cornell, Seasons, Mother Love Bone, Chloe Dancer, Crown of Thorns, Soundgarden, Birth Ritual, A Mud Honey Song. They did a... One band did a cover of a Zeppelin song. Like, amazing soundtrack. Yeah. Well, that's kind of what threw me off, is that I looked at it, and I thought you guys were just putting down your favorite songs. So that <laughs> was, like, was my what? number one movie soundtrack, was from singles. And the movie, when the movie came out, it really coincided with... It came out right before these bands all... Took off. Yeah. And, oh. and the movie came out, and it coincided with these bands taking off. And then the movie with the characters and what they were all going through, it just kind of fit into that whole grunge motif. And some of these band members were in the movie. Yeah, I think Chris Cornell was in the movie. And I think Pearl Jam, like, I think Pearl, Pearl Jam, Jam was, was in, in the movie. And then uh, Matt Before Dillon they were real famous. was, uh, like, the main character, and he was in a band called Citizen Dick. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No, so, I mean... I haven't watched it in 25 years. I know. I need, I need to rewatch it. So, I Brock, if it, you need to watch it. I wonder if it ages well. well like, if we watched it, you know, would so, it be good? I don't know. I was just looking to see, now that you started to talk about it, um, what sort of critical consensus there was about it. If you had a Rotten Tomatoes, has a 79%. Is like, that? That's pretty good. says, smart, funny, and engagingly scruffy. I don't, yeah. I don't even know what that means. Singles is a clear-eyed look at modern romance that doubles as a credible grunge-era time capsule. While you're on there, um, give me some cast members from that. Yes, sir. I want to say Jennifer Jason Lee. Uh, mm-hmm. So we got Bridget Fonda. Oh, Bridget Fonda. Bridget Fonda. You said Matt Dillon. We got Campbell Scott. Don't oh, yeah. Those. Kira Sedgwick. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, Sheila Kelly. No, I don't know who that is. Uh, I don't recognize that guy. Oh, Bill Pullman. Oh, I didn't know he was in that. Uh, Bill Pullman, the president of you remember Independence the movie? Day. There we go. Oh, nice. Yeah, and uh, I th- and oh, Jeremy Piven. Oh yeah, I, I read that today. Tell me who the hell that is. Uh, so he's in Entourage. He's the Entourage. Lawyer. He the is lawyer. Um, Ari. Ari, the uh, agent. Yeah. Who's oh. a jerk? I haven't seen that show in so long. So, Rock, you can add that to oh. the list of movies you're going to watch that you say you're going to watch but don't really watch. Hey, I, I watched something recently that I said I was going to. I don't remember now. Tom Skerritt, also in that movie, it says. Oh, doesn't he? And actually, he, he used to live on Friday Harbor. Out here somewhere. Or he, I'm, I actually met him in Safeway in 1990 in wow. Anacortes. Doesn't he own the bar that we were in the one night when we... Uh, Right before the White Buffalo. Oh. Am I making that up? <laughs> I don't know. The White Buffalo when we were in Seattle? Yeah, and we were watching wrestling on the no, I on don't, the oh, phone. Maybe. So that is the alibi. Yeah. Right by the gum wall. Right. And we I were in there. I don't know if he owns that. That would well, be something that Josh Johnson would know. Remember we were watching yes. wrestling? Yeah, with Kyle. And Talon got a pin. And we almost got kicked out. Yeah. Yes. So what about you, Swappy? What's a movie soundtrack that really appeals to you? Uh, well, number one is Boogie Nights. And, I, you know, I hate everything coming back to Boogie Nights over and over again, but that's a great soundtrack. And the nice thing about Boogie Nights, <laughs> Ruck still hasn't seen it. 
That's correct. Yeah. They've got volume one and volume two. Boogie Nights. That's volume so- two is actually better. That sounds like something that Boogie Nights would have. Two volumes of music. Just because. So you've got bo- <laughs> you've got Boogie Shoes, Casey and the Sunshine Band. You've got uh, Fooled Around and Fell in Love, Elvin Bishop. You've got Jesse's Girl. Really? Rick Springfield. Um, you Sexy Thing, Hot Chocolate. You also have uh, Sister Christian. <laughs> Oh, and, Night Ranger? Oh, yeah. yeah. What? Well, the best scene in that movie, I don't want to ruin it for you, Ruck, but they're trying to rip off a drug dealer. and I need to rewatch it. Oh, you need to. It's, it's one of the best scenes ever. Alfred Molina is the drug dealer. You wouldn't even recognize him. He's the drug dealer, and they're trying to rip him off, but everybody's all coked up, and there's a lot of tension, and, there's, <laughs> and, and he's playing Sister Christian, and there's this little kid there, Who's throwing firecrackers? Do you remember this yeah, at all? Yeah. <laughs> I do. So every time I hear Sister Christian now, I think about the little kid in the drug house throwing firecrackers on the ground. Oh, sorry, I had to look up Alfred Molina, but now I know who that is. The Doc guy. Ock. Uh, yeah, I also was gonna say he's the guy in the beginning of the original Indiana Jones, who's the guy that gets killed. That's right, the guy that tries to double cross Indy. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, as I've been looking at these soundtracks i would say that they definitely tend to be a time capsule of like whatever era they came out in so like singles definitely they said is a time capsule of the grunge era so that would be good for me to go back and look at but then the one that came to my mind first was space jam and that takes me back to the 90s i think it came out in the 90s didn't it yeah michael jordan 96 yeah so then i look at like who the people are on it Seal, R. Kelly, Ooh. Coolio, Salt and Peppa, that's LL 90s. Cool J, Quad City DJs, like Jay Z. So you were Man. eight. So that would be something that you would watch after you get up from your nap, and you'd have a bowl of Honey Nut Cheerios and watch Space Jam for the forty-second time. Damn, it's like you guys were my parents at that age because you would have been old enough. <laughs> Oh, oh my gosh. Man. You guys are relentless. R. R. Kelly was on that soundtrack. The great R. Kelly. That didn't age is well. Is he still <laughs> Is he out of prison? Still making poor choices? Probably. I don't know. Is he still in prison? I can look that up. So I got another one that just for us was big. And it basically comes down to the one song. When you ever hear this song, you think about this movie and with The Breakfast Club. Oh, yeah. So, Simple Minds. Yeah. Don't you forget about me. Yeah. I can see Judd Nelson right now with his fist in the air. Yeah. Leaving the high school. Yeah. He had just kissed Molly Ringwald. Yeah. And gave her a necklace or a ring. That is such a great movie. And, you know, when I first watched it, I felt like I could identify with one of the kids in there. And now I feel like I identify with the vice principal. (laughs) (laughs) That is... That's so true. Yes. I'm that guy now. Oh. <laughs> and he was just an ass. I know. Did he did he also say quiet please? <laughs> quiet please. No, but he hated those kids oh. and he hated his job. I'm not there. <laughs> I was about to say what do you But I mean think to? about it. Having to work on Saturdays with oh. just a bunch of knuckleheads. It's crazy that they used to do that. Yeah. Saturday school. Yeah. You'd show up and sit there. I, I think it existed during my time. 
Saturday Can you imagine school. anything worse than Saturday school? At 7.30 in the morning? They should bring up. that back. Can you imagine telling a kid, hey, you do that one more time, you're getting Saturday school. Oh, my goodness. But then have to be and then the they, what if, person yeah. that would go in on Saturday to supervise them? Yeah. That's a whole new level. The worst job ever. Mm. You couldn't pay me like triple overtime to do that. So, the, yeah, the Breakfast Club was just that song. Yeah. Brings it. So I got another one for you. Purple Rain. Ooh. 1984, maybe. Ruck, you probably know a couple of these. Well, so that's a movie? Because I thought that was like his song or album. So that was a movie. Really? So, yeah, yeah, but it was also his album. Okay. But Purple Rain was a movie. And it's also a song, too. Yes. And I think it was 1984. Was that 84? And I saw that recently, and it was whatever year it was, it was the most 84 movie you've ever seen. Yeah. But Purple Rain, obviously, When Doves Cry, um, our one of our sponsors, Sign Dog, is probably just going to cry when he hears us talking oh, about Oh, my Purple God. Rain. He's, that's the goat for him. Yeah, Prince. Is, is Prince. Because hmm. of his um, shredding abilities. Let's go crazy. Yeah. Darling Nikki. Yeah, that was a really explicit song. Yes. Back in the day. Have you ever heard um, Foo Fighters cover Darling Nikki? No. Dave Roll does a good Darling Nikki. I bet he does. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> a great one. Yeah. Is is it a good movie, too? It's... Uh, it's uh, if you're a Prince fan, I mean, there's a lot of Prince, obviously. I, I, in my opinion, and this is sacrilegious, if Sign Dog was here, he'd probably curse me, but it's not a great movie. So <laughs> we're going to take a look at Rotten Tomatoes, see what they say. 72%. So just a little below singles. Seems a bit high. Um, <sighs> makes for undeniably uneven cinema. That's the first line they say about it. Held together by the star's singular charisma. And a slew of classic songs. There you go. The songs hold it together. Beautiful. So you guys had this on the list, and it was going to be something that I put down, so I'm just going to steal it from that list you have. Forrest Gump. That is such a great soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Like, you you don't even have all the songs that are down there, but, like, I just start reading off, and so they've got Elvis Presley on it. Uh, CCR, Fortunate Son, that's one that Mm -hmm. definitely stands out in my head. Uh, they've got Buffalo Springfield, Bob Dylan, Simon and Garfunkel. Like there are 32 songs listed here, and so I'm not going to go through all of them. Three Dog Night, The Birds. I mean, it, it's a crazy, crazy list of songs that I imagine that soundtrack must have won an award. Well, the movie did a great job of going through modern American history popular culture tying music in with the time that they were reflecting um they did a great job of that yeah you can definitely see looking at the music that it's definitely progresses over time through the generations what do we got next well i got one that i don't know if ah, maybe ruck's seen this but the movie friday so that's with ice cube and chris Singleton? No. Tucker? Chris Tucker. Tucker. And this is like early Chris Tucker. And this is basically just all rap. So like Dr. Dre. um, Ice Cube sang a song called Friday. Dr. Dre, Keep Their Heads Ringing. Rick James sings a song called Mary Jane. Have you watched the Rick James documentary? I have not. 
Um, but I will. I need to. Is it on Netflix? I believe it's on Netflix. But Friday is a great. If Rock, if you haven't seen Friday, you need to watch Friday. You know, I've seen bits and pieces. So, I but just need to watching the movie is just. It's just. I mean, that was early '90s. I mean, I probably watched that 50 times in college. Wow. Yeah. No. I. Uh, and there's like but another the music movie, was right? good. Next That's Friday? right. When I was getting into rap and. My buddies were all into rap, and you have Death Row Records, and you have Snoop and Dre and Tupac and Biggie, like all that music coming together in like 94, 93 to 96 before they had died. I've never seen Friday. Really? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. So, so you I'm not to, taking the heat on this one. No. That's Pop hasn't seen neither. That's permission that's a, for me not to have. Just, I, I just took a bullet for you, Rock. Appreciate it. Oh, that's a good one. It's one that actually I feel like pops up a lot on the streaming services, and I kind of go, yeah, I probably should have seen that. I feel like that and um, what's the Woody Harrelson movie? Um, White Man Can't Jump. I haven't, I haven't Do you haven't seen that? Yet. No. Oh, that's really good. Yeah. I feel like those some of those. Oh, yeah. With Wesley Snipes. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's yeah. a classic. It's a yeah. good movie. Yeah, 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 it is. You need to yeah. watch it. There's a lot of people in that movie you might recognize. Marcus Johnson. Yeah. The uh, announcer? Yes, yeah. that also played at UCLA. Big time. But I have, you know, Pulp Fiction. Do you Great guys think about that one? Yeah. Well, you know, you could pick almost any movie that uh, that guy's produced. Travolta? Uh, or you mean Tarantino? Tarantino. Tarantino. Like, all of his soundtracks are spot on. So over break, my daughter and her friend were over. And I recommended Pulp Fiction to them. <laughs> really? They hadn't seen it? They'd never seen it. Did they watch it? They did. They probably didn't like it. Well, she hated it. Yeah. See, like the I think these new kids much blood. these kids would not like it. I don't know. How could you not like it? Just like Kill Bills or you know, I just watched one of his movies over break or last week. Last actually last weekend, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh my god, that's such a good movie. Oh, that's the Brad Pitt one. Yeah, and yeah. Tarantino. He's the, he's the um, is he the stunt double for um, DiCaprio? Yeah, DiCaprio. And it's during the seventies when um, Manson. Yeah, when that group killed. Oh right. Yeah. What was her name? Sh- Sharon Tate. Yeah. And they kind of re they redo all that that whole thing. Have you seen it? Yeah, it's good. It's really good. I rewatched it. It was good. It's really it's a good movie. Uh. Pitt and uh, DiCaprio. Oh, they're good. They're together. so good in that. Oh, agreed. I uh, I've got a movie here that is not. Well, I shouldn't say this. Maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong. But Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? I you love know what? The, I was just going to say that. I love the music on that, and I don't know that it's. Do you know if it's all if it's a compilation or is it their own stuff? Well, I think uh, uh, T Bone Burnett. I want to say is the architect of most of that music. Okay, but in the movie, like Clooney is singing that. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, that's it, it, it's one of those movies that uh, I don't know if that song existed before, but man, it, it's a real toe tapper. What is the name of that song in the song in the movie? <laughs> Constant Sorrow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think Love that's that. like a tradi- like an old. I think it's an old song. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, I need to rewatch that. That's a great it's movie. It's been a long time. Cohen Brothers. Yeah, yeah. That'd be one we should do is top three Cohen Brothers movies. Ooh. 
So what are some of their other stuff? Ra- Raising Arizona. Is Fargo? I haven't seen that. You haven't seen Raising Arizona? Uh-uh. Is Fargo? Fargo. I'm trying to think of if I've seen Fargo or if I've just seen the TV series Fargo. You've probably know. just seen the TV series. So you've got to see the movie, uh, Steve Buscemi. So we need to come up with maybe in the next couple podcasts of top three movies Ruck needs to see. Well, that's a great. That'd be a great one. Next episode, will you write that down on the list? Yeah. We had a bunch written on our I list. I know we and did. And then you we edited need... the copy. I did? Yeah. So it's, he... o- it's okay. So here's the question then. <laughs> it's okay. I know. <laughs> Do... It's hey, okay. Hey, our, lo- our loyal listener, Cameron Hunt, would you please send us that list that you sent Swap and I on text? Because my texts disappear after a month. So, And then also, I think we have the list... From Mythen. Yeah. On email. Right. Somewhere out there in the ether. I actually have a folder podcast called Podcast. And we also have a, <laughs> we have a Gmail account. So if anybody in our loyal listening audience has suggestions for top threes, you can send it to theviewfromtherock at gmail.com. And if it. you want a shirt, you could also email theviewfromtherock at gmail.com. Yeah, that's a great idea. We also have a social media presence on Instagram. And so if you DM that account, we can get you some of that stuff too. And we're going to start up on Twitter too. I'm going to be in charge of that. X. Oh, X. Yes. It's always going to be Twitter to me. So, hey, a couple more that I have written down just because of the music and because I love 70s, like Dazed and Confused. Um, Slow Ride, Sweet Emotion, Love Hurts. Mm -hmm. Just... I mean, some great music, and and then thinking about like, have you Rock? Have you seen Almost Famous? Uh, yeah, that's with um, the creeper Kevin Spacey, right? I don't know. No, no, no. That's a uh, that's American Beauty. Almost Famous. No, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah. Who okay. the hell is but who's Almost in that? Famous? Who's the guy? So Almost Famous is with um, um Kurt Russell's daughter. Yeah, she's and her name roadie. is. All right, I'm looking it up. Um, and then there's the kid, and then there's the guy that's the rock star. Yeah. And I can't remember and who so plays either one. And so the kid is supposed to be Cameron Crowe. Yeah. So Cameron Crowe directed it. Um, Kate Hudson. Kate Hudson. Kate Hudson. And so their band in the movie is called Stillwater. Yeah. Who's the singer? <sighs> is this a female? I don't no, know. it's a male. It's and so when Billy I'm Crudup? looking at this. Yes. What? Billy Crudup. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Very so handsome man. The Supposedly, what uh, Crow says is it's a blend of bands, the Almond Brothers, Eagles, Skinner, and Zeppelin is how he tried to create Stillwater. But some of the real music, like I didn't even realize this, McCready played guitar and some other real musicians for that. So I didn't know that. And they just fa- you know, they faked it all. Can you remind me who McCready is? He is the uh, lead guitar player for Pearl Jam. That's right. And speaking of real quick, they're coming out with a new album. And it's supposed to be back to where McCready goes off. Would you say that it's supposed solo. to be Amazeballs? It's supposed to, it's going to be a one. Like old, old McCready. I am, Sign Dog and I are super excited. There's going to be some shows swap. We might be going to Wrigley. Oh, at the end of the summer. Well, I know or Napa. Napa. There's that festival in Napa with uh, 
Pearl Jam, Queens of the Stone Age, Stevie Nicks, and The Offspring. Would Offspring be, would be excellent. Yeah, I would love The Offspring. So, any others you got, Ruck? Yeah, there's one that's not on here because it's not really your style of music. This is the kind of stuff that I listened to when I was in college, and this movie was definitely a popular movie for me when I was in college with the Western kids. Have you heard of the movie Garden State? I heard, I saw that on the on there. I have not heard of that movie. Is New Jersey the Garden State? I believe so. Uh, it features Natalie Portman, ding ding, <laughs> and Zach Braff. Zach Braff from Scrubs. Scrubs, and uh, it won an award for that year for the best compilation soundtrack. And it's got Coldplay, Don't Panic, The Shins, Caring is Creepy, Zero Seven in the Waiting Line, another song from The Shins. Um, what else? It's got a Simon and Garfunkel song, Iron and Wine. Sounds Fur like Fur. a late nineties movie. I want to say early two thousands. Two thousands, yeah, two thousand four, which would make sense because that music it was is right, right around when I graduated high school, and so yeah, it was it was the movie that you'd watch in when like freshman year at college. Yeah, I'll be damned. It would show you're really like edgy and like a hipster, but great movie. Yeah. So we got anything else? Before I got we... a couple. Okay. So above the rim, above the rim. I've literally never heard of that movie. So um, that's when Tupac... So before he got into music, he was in a bunch of movies. So he was in Above the Rim, but it, it was really like a lot of Death Row okay. records, just a lot of rap. Like I, was in, I just got big into rap right around 95. Just my buddy Colin from Oregon got me into it, and I just fell in love with that. But that's one of them, 8 Mile... Yeah, Eminem. Um, How about Judgment Night? Judgment Night. What? That's probably early '90s movie. Have you seen that, Ruck? Never heard of it. So these guys are—they rent like a RV and they're going to a boxing match, maybe at the Forum. And they do they take a wrong turn? They take a wrong turn and end up in like inner city LA and try and fight for their lives. Yeah. Wow. To get out. It's pretty good. Emilio Estevez. So like some of their music, Cypress Hill, Run DMC, Pearl Jam's in that one. Um, how about Old School? Not the movie Old School, but... Um, I was thinking Old School probably has a great soundtrack. Saturday Night Fever. We had an Old School mo- moment after that Husky game. We did a little running around the cul-de-sac. Was this- Not Nike Old School, but... So it wasn't like Old School? No. no. It was fun. Just top. There's no video of it, so that's good. Yeah. Shoot. Saturday you know, Night Fever? Saturday Night Fever. Oh, the Bee Gees. Have you seen one. the movie? I have with Travolta. Yeah. It's good. Travolta was talented. I mean, Bee Gees are... I like the Bee Gees. Yeah. So... Yeah. Swap I, doesn't. Hey, <laughs> since, since we're right there, I mean, Grease is I one know, of the most famous Grease. movies now. I like Grease. It, I so, don't. Okay. <laughs> so there we're even... That can be included, though, because it's like a musical. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that leads me to another musical we haven't mentioned. One of my favorite movies, especially to watch. With can I guess? You can. Moulin Rouge? No, I've never seen that. Have you heard of it? Yeah. I was going to say The Sound of Music. I love that movie. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, man. I get, All the songs in that are just so good. Got a little Edelweiss in there. Oh, Edelweiss. Okay, so this is the last one. Well, Do the Right Thing. Yeah. Great Public movie. Enemy. Did you know that Samuel Jackson was the radio host 
and his show was We Love Radio, 108 FM. I think I did know that. Can you even get to 108? Doesn't it go 107.9 and then it goes to... <laughs> then then, it then goes, I think you're done. Yeah. Right? Yeah. How about Top Gun? Top Gun. Mm. Danger That's, Zone. Yeah. Little Kenny Loggins. It's a lot of Kenny, Kenny Loggins. Lo- hey, there. speaking of Kenny Loggins, how about Footloose? Oh, yeah. See, as we're going into this, I'm realizing how many there are that we are just not going to end up mentioning that people are going to mention. That's that we fine. Should've. Just bring it. I mean, Tara, yeah. bring it to Dude, us. Cameron Hunt, you probably have 10 soundtracks better than any we listed. Tell That's us what they right. are. Mythin. Detroit Roscoe. Rock City, the movie. What's that? Detroit Rock City, the movie. I bet it's got a great soundtrack. Probably. It's all Kiss. It's all Kiss. Yeah. Did we did we leave any out then that we need to make sure we mention? Or well, is that I don't it? know. There, I mean, we could go on forever. Yeah. Well, Kara's probably going to say we forgot Dirty Dancing. Well, I haven't seen it, so whatever. Oh, jeez. So, hey, we are going to do... We're going to do a top five movies, me and you, that Ruck needs to see. And then he needs to watch them. So, my question is, what is my top three for that episode? Is my top three or top five movies that i think i should see that i haven't seen or is it movies that you haven't seen i think that you need to see maybe he should his top three should be ones that we haven't seen that he yeah thinks and we and we need to watch the think that we haven't seen so then for you guys are you going to say things that you think i haven't seen or are you going to ask ones that you've already we already know you haven't seen okay all right i I like this one on our list is going to be garden state apparently yeah that's good i don't but i don't See, that's the thing is, am I trying to educate you or am I trying to find movies you haven't seen that I think you would like? Because I don't that, know that you would like Garden State. I would like to. I would like the ones that you think we would like. Okay. And then I'll watch it. Have okay. you seen Damn. Weird Science? Uh, no. Oh, my God. And you haven't seen Revenge of the Nerds? No, I've seen that. Every time you say it, you haven't seen that. But you I haven't have seen, seen it. So Boogie Nights. Yeah. Um. Have you seen Fast Times at Ridgemont High? I actually tried to start watching that, and I got like two minutes in, and I was like, I don't, need to go a little I, farther. Yeah, I was like, I'm not in the mood for this, and I stopped because I didn't want to ruin my perception of the movie. Caddyshack? I've seen Caddyshack. Okay. We'll have to. Well, we got our list. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, when we get back from the break, then, uh, we're going to be talking about our beer of the week, followed by our top three pro wrestlers welcome back to the view from rock podcast here in the yellow dog studios and we are going to get into our beer of the week but there's a little bit of a twist to it so jason tell us what our beer of the week is this week our beer of the week is run wild ipa by athletic brewing company sounds tasty in san diego california and for those of you i think a few of you might know a little bit about athletic brewing they are the number one i believe um best non-alcoholic brewer brewer wow in the usa i mean they're they're widely available if you go down pretty much to any of the beer stores you're going to be able to find athletic 
And well, I know they're super popular. I've seen ads and commercials. Yeah. Yep. So at Athletic Brewing Company, we are pioneering a craft beer revolution. We believe you shouldn't have to sacrifice your ability to be at your best to enjoy great brews. So we created our innovative lineup of refreshing non-alcoholic craft beers. So I did some research, and I believe this is zero ABV. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, that's, a, that's a zero. Does it have um, IBUs? I don't I don't know. I think they it normally did say do. it was less than one half percent. Oh, so there still is alcohol in it. Trace. Trace alcohol in it. And oh, this trace. IPA this can of IPA is sixty five calories. Is that less calories than a Michelob Ultra? <sighs> Uh, Which is Tara's favorite beer. I normally don't drink that kind of piss water, but Oh Tara. It's okay. We love you. So why are we why are we drinking this non alcohol IPA? So sw- all of us are doing a little cleansing. Um much overdue. But we are gonna do a ninety day, seventy five to ninety day. Uh, cleansing. It was going to be 75, and then as the Huskies were storming back on Monday night, Mr. Morgenthaler looked at me and said, I'm going 90. Because that puts us right at spring break. And then and Ms. then just whatever happens in spring break happens. Mrs. Swap said, why don't you do 365? <laughs> she would like that. <laughs> did she really? She did. Hmm. To me, not to you. Well, my wife would love that too, probably. <laughs> But so, she doesn't listen to the podcast, so who cares? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not doing this sort of cleanse that you guys are. I'm just trying to be healthier in the new year. And I, before we even talked about that, you guys were on this cleanse. I had actually already been having some non-alcoholic be- beverages over break, and I had been really enjoying them. I've had uh, some different varieties in this, and I kind of like, for me interspersing some of these with like a regular beer, like have a regular beer, a non-alcoholic, and then maybe another regular beer, especially if like you're in a social situation. It's kind of weird when you're trying to limit yourself and you're trying to talk to people and you've got nothing in your hand. So to me, that was kind of nice. And knowing that I'm not missing out on anything um, and, and they taste really good. Um, there's just some times, you know, I feel like where not only social social situations, but you're gonna have some nachos. You're gonna have some barbecue, some burgers. I feel like a beer goes with that yeah. so well. And these are good. This is an this is a nice beer. I know we haven't all sampled it yet, but I've had these in the past. And you know, twenty thirty years ago, the non alcoholic beer was like your O'Doul's, and that was it, or your Sharps. Oh, I don't and think I've ever had those. Are they? I mean, I've heard they're of them. terrible. They have a there's a taste to them, and it's. You're drinking it, and it's got this little taste. This will be my first ever non-alcoholic beer other wow. than O'Doul's. Wow. Well, I also think, too, that you know we have a lot of great listeners out there, and I don't know, maybe some uh, 
I would say probably there's some out there that don't have beer, don't like beer, either they're wine or they just don't have any alcohol at all. So if they, uh, you know, are looking to try something like this, it tastes fantastic. I don't know if this would be on the agenda for someone who's totally abstaining for the rest of their life in sobriety, but here to support you. What would you pair this with, Rock? <laughs> uh, let me give it a taste. I'm going to give it a taste. Mm. It's kind of refreshing. What would I pair that with? Um, I'd, I'd pair it probably with a chicken breast right now. I mean, I do tend a to chicken breast like a a chicken breast like on a salad. No, like a grilled chicken breast. Maybe yeah, maybe on a salad. I might pair it with some vegetables. A nice veggie tray with hummus. You know, I, I definitely, when I drink it, it, it feels healthier. And so I definitely would agree. Chicken breast makes sense. Maybe a salad, the hummus tray. Sure. Like, uh, I, my first thought though was like actually salmon, maybe some salmon, like on a salad or just some smoked salmon. You know, what I had over break was pretty good. I haven't had a lot of sardines. My dad loves sardines, so I had a lot of sardines out of the can mm-hmm. and uh, had some smoked rainbow trout out of the can. Some really good stuff. Wow. That would go I well with this. No, no, sardines are a zero for me. Really? really? Maybe I just need to get into it. I've never actually done it. You ever done canned fish? Yes. We used to can fish. Uh-huh. So Canned it, salmon is fantastic. Oh, yeah. Really good. Yeah. And you can throw in a little spice yeah. if you like. I feel like... If we did a taste test, blind taste test, I could pick out the non-alcoholic I based think, off my first taste of this beer. But it tastes like an IPA. It does. But the, a little af- the aftertaste a little bit. So the when I was talking about that taste that those old school non-alcoholic beers had, th- this does have, there's a little trace of that. I don't know what goes on in the... It's not a fermentation process, but I don't know what goes on in the process of making this, but there is some byproduct that gives it a little taste. I totally agree. There, there's, a, there's a tiny taste in there. I think if you lined up beers, I could probably tell the difference, but um, I also would like to try some more, some others that are out there. Maybe there's some that are able to hide the, that taste better. So my um, father-in-law brought over the other night a porter. That the athletic makes, and there's also a. I'll uh, be damned. There's a lager or a a blonde that yeah. the athletic makes, and I've tried their hazy, and I don't think I like it as much as this one. The hazy's just uh, too weedy for me. I don't like wheat flavor in my beer. So he swears by the porter. We'll have to try that next. Then this or is good. It's a good beer. I would drink this. Problem for me is it's a little bit of a gateway drug. Yeah, I can understand that. Yeah. Uh, they also have something out there too now that's getting popular because non-alcoholic beers have become a real, um, I don't know if moneymaker, but like they become popular. You see a lot of them advertised now. And one of them I've seen is hop water. And I think that's more of the seltzer route. Definitely not alcoholic, um, but it's made with hops. And there's definitely that sort of hop floral citrus flavor to it. I think Lagunitas makes a hop water. Okay. I know I've tried one that's actually called hop water, and I don't know. Maybe that is made by Lagunitas. I have it in my house right now. Um, I'll have to look to see if they make that, but it's outstanding. 
really, really refreshing, even more so than this. So, and Rock, you were talking about some of the non-alcoholic botanicals that are out yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, they actually make a lot of non-alcoholic uh, spirits, essentially. So they use a lot of probably things like wormwood and whatnot to make some strong tasting botanical spirits that are in a bottle that looks like it's a hard alcohol bottle and uh, they make those into mixed drinks and yeah sort of a a new new rage as well so you could have a non-alcoholic gin and tonic potentially yeah i i don't yeah i don't know exactly what flavors they're out there and if they try to emulate like a gin or if they try to you know, emulate whiskey as far as their flavors go, or if it's just a different flavor profile. But, well, maybe we'll have to try some of those too. I think, you know, for these next 90 days you guys are on the cleanse, we're going to have to continue to find some more of these non-alcoholic spirits Mm -hmm. and beers probably, right? Yeah. Yeah. 100%. It'll be be fun. Well, um, as we're continuing to enjoy this Run Wild IPA, I think we're on to our top three. And our top three is top three pro wrestlers. And so we're definitely going to have some different thoughts about this because your time that you watched wrestling was uh, in the 80s and mine was like more the 90s when I was watching. So what was the, do you remember the wrestling organization when you guys were watching? Was it WWF? Well, let me me first off say that I started watching wrestling in the 70s. Whoa. And so I, I never did. I was probably 84. Okay. So I started watching like in Portland? the 70s. And I I believe the show was called Big Time Wrestling. It was on Channel 11. And I went in the late 70s. I saw Pro Wrestling Live in the Cedar Woolley High School gym. Oh, what? May, Yeah. Maybe you will remember the name Playboy Buddy Rose. I do. Um, and then... What really captivated my young imagination was the midget wrestling, which I don't, I don't know if I can say, but I just said it. And they had the star midget wrestler at the time was uh, a young man by the name of the Haiti Kid. The Haiti Kid. Yeah. So speaking of that, they... Was he like from Haiti? Well, at least his... his that was his... Uh, was that how it was spelled? Yeah, like, it, like the country. Yeah, I don't so know. So last really night was. I was sitting around looking at stuff, watching, and turned on Moonshiners. Oh, yeah, have you That's ever seen stuff. that? Well, anyway, they're on new episode, and then there was a preview of the new show that comes on after it, and it was last night at ten, and it's midget wrestling. It's back, <laughs> and there's a place in Tennessee where it's crazy, and it's a brand new show on Discovery. And it had these guys' names and everything, and I press record. So I haven't seen it yet. I'm going to watch it tonight. Oh, man. Wow. And there's – it's – it's oh. – You are not consuming alcohol, but you are consuming culture yes. right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just and shocked that a show like that gets greenlit. Like, what executive is saying, it's, it's, yeah, let's there, do some midget a, wrestling. There's a place in Tennessee, and I'll have to find out, where it is – like millions of people go to this town and they have, they're having now, it's just a showcase and there's like 30 of them. I'll be damned. And 
So they showed the preview, and the first show, the pilot, and episode one was last night on Discovery. So I'll let you know. I can't wait to hear next podcast. Next podcast, the recap of midget wrestling. Now, did you ever? You know, Portland had a big wrestling in the eighties, early eighties. Yeah, and did it was you ever, like um, God. What was it called? Pacific. North. Uh, well, you remember before um, WWF and all that, it was yeah. all in regions. Yeah. And then that's when it just came together. Vince McMahon. Yeah. And he bought it all. His yeah. dad, right, was first. Yeah. Oh, I had no idea about yeah. any of that. Oh, yeah. So he he obviously has ran pro wrestling for a while, but it's because he acquired it all and united it all. Yep. Okay. And it blew up in like 1984. And that's when I started watching big time. Yeah. And was it niche or was it like you guys were a fan of it, but maybe all your friends weren't? Or is it like everybody was into it? Every fr- every one of my friends were into it. We were like practicing moves at recess. Oh, yeah. Like I think I might have heard a kid. Like <laughs> I think I gave Jeff Basetich a backbreaker. And oh, we had yeah, no idea was, uh, what we were doing. And that, I, uh, I, I think I heard him. Was that Brutus Beefcake's move? Remember, just boom, right on the yeah. knee. I think that <laughs> was... Breaker. Remember, And he's like laying in ah. recess. Oh, man. <laughs> remember Brutus Beefcake? Oh, yeah. I think that was his go-to move. I mean, not to get all like uh, uptight about all this, but isn't that a bit of the issue with the pro wrestling that all these move are, moves are fake and it's all targeted towards kids? But and if kids, I mean, I'm sounding really stupid by saying that. But it's just, it's a. I'm just surprised I haven't heard about more kids performing these actually dangerous moves on each other and really hurting. Can someone. you imagine a kid putting the camel clutch on somebody? Oh, or doing the bonsai drop? Oh, uh, the pile driver? I oh. used to get like. Paul Orndorff? Oh, figure four? The figure four leg, leg lock. lock. Who was that? Um, who was the figure four guy? Because wow. he, you know, there's all these moves like the pile driver and yep. the figure four would like put people into submission. We would do. I mean, imagine doing a pile driver at recess. Yeah, you could break. You they could die. Like, like you break their neck. Like <laughs> they got ra- them in your head between your feet and legs and just boom. The razor's edge. Do you remember that move? It was it was a guy that was later on, like around the time of like Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. But it was basically putting them over your shoulders, and you just like suplex them right onto their neck. Oh, man. how about the DDT? <laughs> oh yeah, remind me of what that was. So I think they came up from behind and grabbed the neck and just boom down on the. Oh, from behind, yeah. right? Well, whose move then, was that? Was that du- Triple X or no? Triple H? No, Triple H? it was before that. Like and then there was the sleeper holds, you know, where they'd be. They'd have the guy in the sleeper hold, and the ref would be checking his arm, and he'd go, I know. Yeah, his <laughs> arm would be flopping. <laughs> but it's just, you know, it's entertainment. Well, and it would crack me up, you talking about the the triple leg lock or whatever it is. Yeah. And they've got the guy locked up, and he just has the biggest look of pain on his face, and he's just like, ah, make it just stop. Just pounding the mat. No, I mean, I actually took the boys, Kelly and I, to one in Seattle. When, when Brendan was like, eight yeah like he used to have all the belts love it but see he loved like john cena like the new you know um but i you know when we 
the 80s was just where it was for us. Yeah. Well, those are all the wrestlers that, I mean, I already am going back on what I'm saying a little bit, but those are the wrestlers I feel like that are the moments most famous still are the ones from the 80s. Now, obviously, we've got Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Dave Batista, a bunch of those newer ones. I mean, have, John Cena is... Yeah, they've all become of, actors, though. I know. And that's why they really oh, yeah. made it big, I feel like. I mean, yeah. obviously, they were big before, but there's a bunch of people now. See, I, I started it. getting back into or watching it just because Brennan watched it. Yeah. Um, and seeing all these guys, and I'm like, dude, these guys, I don't even know any of them, you know? Um, but when I get back, when we think about it, I'll start. My top number three yeah. is Rowdy Roddy Piper. And nice. just because you know, the kilt and just, he was just, he was a badass and he was arrogant and he, he just, he was appealing. I just, it was fun. He was the perfect villain. Yeah. He was, you know, he was a bad guy. His voice. He'd play the bagpipes. Yeah. Um, remember he was, he's my number three also. Yeah. Um, remember that he was in a movie. I think it was called they live. Mm, no, no. He, you know, he actually lived in Hillsborough, Oregon. Oh, wow. So my family friend, my assistant coach from college, his wife, Mary Hoffmeister, taught his kids. It's like West Portland, right? So, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, like if you go Portland, Beaverton, Hillsboro, then, yeah, yeah, then yeah, Forest yeah. Grove, farther okay. west. Yeah. And he lived out in the hills a little bit, um, a kind of a farm school. And he, I got to meet him. And it was just, I was, you know, in my late 20s. I'm like, this is amazing. So do you remember Piper's Pit? Yes. And he would, he would, they gave him on each show, they'd give him like a little segment, Piper's Pit. And he would say like, like racist things. <laughs> what? I mean, oh, as, you could. Yeah. And he, remember the, the, I think the most famous one was, uh, remember Jimmy Superfly Snooka? Yeah. And Rowdy Roddy hit him over the head with a coconut. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah so that's my that was my number three too yeah and swaps number three uh you know for number three i was a little i had put multiple names down shuffled them with number two i, put, I ended up putting the undertaker the under the undertaker is just so iconic um he comes out in the casket and then gets raised from the dead and He's often choking people out. He's just so much bigger than everybody else. He's got the hat on. He's got the makeup. It, it kind of speaks to what you're talking about with Roddy Piper as far as it's all about showmanship. I feel like at least maybe those older ones, it was all about how they dressed. It was this like character, this persona that they created. Um, Undertaker definitely is uh, lives in the memory banks. So when I went, to, freaky. When I went to live in Seattle and watch wrestling, yeah. he showed up. Well, I mean, he's been around forever. Then and it was at the end. What's crazy is there will be people in the stands, like old ladies, that just hate him. Oh, they, they just want to kill him. And yeah. everyone is dressed like him and Kane, his brother Kane. Do you remember Kane? It sounds familiar. But Undertaker is six foot nine. You know, and I, Kane is like six eight, six nine. And I was trying to decide whether I wanted to put him on or Diesel. You remember Diesel? Kevin Nash, 6'10". Those big guys were just so like 
crazy see, impressive Kevin, in the Kevin ring Nash, and like that. Remember, there was a time when they joined the WCW. See, this generation gap here. But I don't, Hulk, I don't know these guys. But see, like they went to. It was like late nineties when Hulk Hogan went black. Like he wore. It was a black. He was black. He went evil, uniform. right? Yeah, evil. Yeah. Oh yeah. Kevin Nash, um, like big Papa Pump. <laughs> like all these guys, because I got into it a little bit during then. Because the when I was coaching at Pacific, all the the guys that are like probably six years younger than me were all into it. Oh, so they would watch it. Yeah. Um. Wow. Yeah. So who's your number two? So my number two is Hulk Hogan, <laughs> and I yeah, brother. Remember the song "I Am a Real American"? Oh yeah, I had the whole soundtrack. Yeah, and I would play that over and over, and I'd walk out of my living room, my bedroom, walk down our hall. If you've never been to my parents' house, it's basically a forty-foot-long hallway, mm-hmm. and I'd walk down there and come out and just imitate Hulk. I'd rip my shirt, and this is like nineteen eighty-five, eighty-six. And that song would play. You remember we'd come out, I am a real yeah. American. Well, they were playing up the whole because his his rival was the Iron Sheik. Yeah. And so it was America against him and Nikolai Volkov. Yeah. The uh the Russian. They had a the two of them together had a had a name. What did they call them? I'm gonna Google it while you talk. So I'm not familiar with that song. Is that like whenever you see the meme of him playing a guitar, yes, is that that, that is it? And he'd play a guitar, he'd do the fake guitar. So it wasn't. I don't wasn't know really who sings that. Okay, um, wasn't made just for him though, was it? I don't know. Okay, and the Sheik, Iron Sheik, Iron Sheik. Yeah, yeah was he, he from was, another country? He was, uh, I think, Iranian. Yeah, okay. and he would his move was the camel clutch. Yes, and he'd get you behind his knees, and then he'd be like. Pull up your chin. Yeah. Oh, it looked like he was going to pull your head off. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. That's frightening. Oh, yeah. Junkyard dog. I mean, all these guys. It's so hard. So, Ruck, there was a, there was a, like an album that came out. It was like the wrestling album. And they yeah. had, there were like eight songs. And, and they do that now, like John Cena song. So, like, Brennan and Rowan would have those, like, we'd have them on DVD. Like, he'd play it. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, that's yeah. his song, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, so my number two, also from that era, was uh, George the Animal Steel. Oh, yeah. You heard of him, Ruck? No, I can't picture him. Okay, so George the Animal Steel was bald. He was he was a little bit shorter than the other wrestlers. He had the most amazing set of back hair I've oh, ever oh, seen oh. in my life. No, it was full body. Full, yeah. Like, there was no place on his body that wasn't hairy. And, like, really hairy. And his his move would be like in the middle of the match, he wouldn't even care what was going on. He would just start eating a turnbuckle. Yes. And he probably <laughs> retired in eighty seven. Yeah. Like he was around in the seventies and so this is kind of related. Andre the Giant. Was he a seventies wrestler then? He I he was right in the, that that uh Great era of wrestling. He yeah. was right in the heart of that. So there's a documentary on him, HBO. Yeah. You need to watch. It's pretty fascinating. Hmm. He was, like, what was his, was he a popular wrestler? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He okay. was, like, if I, I mean, I wanted to do this one wrestling like a top 10. Oh, I could not have Because he would have, he would be in my top 10. He might even be okay. in my top five. Because gotcha. that's where Hulk actually broke the barrier of being the best when he beat 
Andre the Giant. Remember he body slammed him? Yes. Do you remember that whole deal? And he's like 450 pounds. And Hulk picked him up, and it was not like a it wasn't like a, a big body slam, but it was It was a, just like I can barely pick you up and I am six six, three hundred. Yeah. He, but he picked him up and body slammed him. And he was about done because he was dying. Well, in the show. No, in real life. life. What? Well, just because Oh, Andre Giant. Andre the yeah, Giant. Okay, yeah. Okay, gotcha. And he was in that movie. My um, wife's favorite movie. Yeah. Princess Bride. Oh yeah. So he was filming that and like when you look at like his hands. I mean, he he just said his life was miserable because he was an outcast. Like people made fun of him. Like he yeah. couldn't like to travel. He did a lot in Japan. And like he couldn't ride in an airplane. Hey, there was a anywhere. picture on Twitter. Yes. Did you see that one with Andre the Giant, Wilt Chamberlain, and Arnold Schwarzenegger? Oh, I saw that set too. Of, on the set of the original Conan, the oh. Barbarian. Conan, not Conan O'Brien, Conan yeah. the Barbarian. Um, and Schwarzenegger looks like a little person. Was Andre the Giant in that? Conan he must the have Barbarian? been. I don't remember. I don't think, I don't remember him being in it. I remember Wilt being in it. Yeah. So there's a. And Grace Jones. That one, there's what, it's a true story. I think they say that on one flight or one day, one time, he drank 123 beers. Andre the Giant? Yeah. And there are pictures of him holding a beer. And it looks like a shot glass. Yes. It's incredible. It's a great documentary. I'll check it out. So who's your number two, Rock? Number two for me. Uh, I don't know if you guys will have even heard him. He's He was wrestling against my number one in their biggest match. My number two is Yokozuna. Do you, you remember I, him? I know who I've heard of that. I've he, never heard of that person. He was this big Asian dude who would do his move was the bonsai drop. He would basically bring the guy, I believe, over to the side of the ring, and he would just like get up on the edge of the the turnbuckle in the corner, and he would just like drop his butt right in right onto their face. Oh. Devastating move, <laughs> just like sitting right on their face. Oh my god! Uh, and he was, I think, he was a champion at one point. You know, he was big time. Probably trying to get the audience from japan who's big into the sumo wrestlers mm -hmm. to integrate over into pro wrestling as well um because at first when i was trying to remember yokozuna's name i was thinking of yaki bono which aki bono is a super famous sumo wrestler as well so different guys though yeah yokozuna so my number one it i was i went back and forth you know i still feel bad on a few but rick flair is he's one of a kind like he's legend Woo! i mean just when he comes out you know profiling high you know limo riding private jet flying and he you know he's got the the robes and mm -hmm. so there is a show on i'm not sure what channel where it does like wwe treasures yeah and then it shows these guys now that are retired and they've lost memorabilia and then WWE tries to help with them go back and find it. And so, like, finding one of some of his robes because people steal stuff. Yeah. But he, he's, he's legend. What was his name? Mr. Wasn't, wasn't, didn't he have a name like Mr. Wonderful? No, that's Mr. Wonderful is Paul Orndorff. Paul Orndorff. He was the, oh. uh, he's different wrestler. 
Yeah. Okay. Same age, like same. Ric Flair was uh, Nature Boy. Yeah, the Nature, Nature Boy, uh, Ric Flair. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, but just like even his documentary, these documentaries are fascinating because, like, they were. I mean, they how they partied, how they lived, like how they dressed, how they, like, just the stuff they had to take because they wouldn't take. They weren't taken care of. No. In terms of physical, like they were, they had to take drugs just to be able to maintain on the road every week, all it, year. When you start to look back at some of these guys, <laughs> so many of them are already dead. Yeah, and it's like they live fifty years in those because days. they're pro- they're all on steroids. Yeah, first off, but just all the stuff you and meant- then just beat to hell. Oh, you mentioned some sort of show where they help them find it. Actually, I remember now. There's also a show I think on Netflix where it's about it's these people that are man I'm gonna have a hard time explaining this. Basically, it's almost like an auction show, and so sometimes these items come up where they find them that are unique pieces. And actually, they had Ric Flair on there because someone found one of his old like robes, robes that he wear, like something like that. And so they actually had him come in because the auctioneer. I think it's Gold's auctions or something like that. To like, verify it? Yeah, to had them verify it. So that was kind of cool. So what they would there. do is they would trade. They'd go to these guys' houses, and literally their entire basement is full of WWE memorabilia. Like their entire house. Wow. So they would be like, hey, can I have this robe? Yeah. And we'll give you this. Mm-hmm. Um. But Ric Flair, I mean, there's so many others. After you're done uh, with your top one, I'm going to give you a few others to yeah. honorable mentions. So my number one's a Macho Man, Randy Savage. Yeah. Uh, biography coming out on him this spring. Good sports biographer John Finkel mm. is doing a Macho really? Man biography. Oh, I can't wait to. Read oh, that. I can't wait to read it. And he was just, just iconic. Yeah. You know the way he talked. I'm not even going to try to imitate it, but. Um, yeah. I, w- I would love it. I'm not going to. Oh, I'm not going to, especially with this non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> um, now he's in the commercial for Snap It to a Slim Jim. Oh yeah, yeah, that's the guy. And you remember he had his uh, like his wife Elizabeth, Miss Elizabeth. Yeah, and they had a bad breakup. Oh yeah, on one of the on one of the WrestleManias. So he was going to be a professional baseball player. He was. His his uh, real name was Randy Poffo. And yeah. he actually, his brother, um, yeah, Leaping Lanny Poffo. Do you remember him? Mm-hmm. He was one of the guys that was always on the undercard. Yep. Uh, but I guess the Poffo family was a big wrestling family. But family, but the Macho Man played minor league baseball. It's amazing how many of these guys were actually big time athletes: college football, baseball, all that kind of stuff. So my memory, I'm trying to think of when I saw the Macho Man wrestle. And if it was one of the last times where he's like backstage and he's like, is he like bleeding out or something like that? Am I? Well, they would take that? razor blades and cut themselves. Just like so that it looked like they were bleeding? Well, they were bleeding. So well, they, they'd get down on the turnbuckle and you can see them like, and then all of a sudden they're bleeding. There's blood everywhere. Because they would just take a razor blade and cut themselves. Oh, that's and crazy. have it like. In their wristband or something. That's insane. Oh, yeah. So who's your number one, Rock? 
You know, my number one may not be well known. When I looked him up, because this is one of the few guys I remember, they made some claim about him being one of the most popular wrestlers of all time. I don't know if that's true. His name's Lex Luger. Oh, yeah. Like, I still remember him fighting Yokozuna, Yokozuna, and because Yokozuna is so big, it was like, I want to say it was like WrestleMania 10 or something like that, WWF, they're on like an aircraft carrier, and he just like suplexes him, which is crazy, lifting that huge man up in the air and wins. I think he won WrestleMania 10, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, but he was he was one of those guys that just basically wore the brief, you know, the shiny brief. I think in some ways he was sort of that, like, Dallas Cowboys vibe of, like, everybody's sort of everybody's wrestler at that time in the 90s. So yeah. if you saw him today... You would not even... Dude, wreck. he's haggard. I looked him up. Dude, he, he's probably 100 pounds lighter. Yeah. And he looks like 10 years of straight steroids. Oh, Because that's all they were doing. Like, you can tell. Yeah. So, Ruck brought up WrestleMania 10. Do you remember the original WrestleMania? It, yes. So, the original WrestleMania. I mean, it was like the biggest event... You could ever imagine. You had we watched. We I mean we watched. It, it was pay per view, right? Yeah, and but it was not expensive, right? Cindy Lauper, C- yeah, and remember the guy with the Captain Lou Albano, yeah, yeah, and he was in the video. He was in the the video. She did a song for the Goonies, yes, and he was in the video sitting there eating potato chips. Yes, you remember that? He's got like rubber bands, <laughs> yes. like onions. In his yeah, beard, and then. Uh, Muhammad Ali was at WrestleMania. Oh. Mr. T. Because yeah. Mr. T and Hulk Hogan were in Rocky Three, right? Yep. Hulk Hogan's in Rocky Three? Oh, yeah. Thunderlips. <laughs> oh, man. I don't remember that. Oh, at he all. tries to kill Rocky. Dang. I got to go back and watch that. Yeah. This no. is bringing back some memories. That's Clubber Lang, right? Clubber Lang, yeah. yeah. But if you think about some of those guys, um, you know, Brett. Bret Hart, the Hart Foundation, Bret the Hitman oh, Hart, oh, and Jim the Anvil, Jim the Anvil, Neidhart. Yeah, those guys were great. And you remember their manager, yes. Jimmy the Mouth of the South, Hart. Oh, <laughs> and then you had Bobby the Brain Heenan. Oh yeah, and the announcers, yeah, Mean Gene Okerlund and Jesse the Body Ventura. Oh, Jesse yeah. the Body then, Ventura. Um, how about Junkyard Dog? Oh yeah, and then who was the older announcer, Gorilla Monsoon? Yep. I feel like there's another one, British Bulldog. You remember? Oh, yeah, oh, the yeah. British, Bulldog. British Bulldogs. And then um, Mr. Wonderful, we did that. That was, um, that was Paul Million Orndorf, Dollar right? Man. Ted Mr. DiBiase. Was Mr. Wonderful. Paul Orndorff. Yeah. Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man. Yeah. Um, Jake Big, the Snake. Yes. <laughs> Big John Stud. Oh. <laughs> Man, so these are, I love this stuff. I, the oh. names are just so good. Oh. Big John Stud. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, we talked about uh, Ricky Steamboat. Yep. I mean, at this point, don't you think that? Oh, uh, how about Ultimate Warrior? Yeah. Oh. Jeez. He's dead. Didn't, um, Row- or not Rowdy, but uh, Randy Macho Man, didn't he have a heart attack and die in his car? I think He so. crashed into something. Yeah, I think so. Wild. I'm looking at. Uh, I just Wikipedia the original WrestleMania. Celebrities there were Aretha Franklin, 
Um, ones I have not mentioned, Mike Tyson, Donald Trump, Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg? Yeah. What year was that? No, I'm sorry. That's WrestleMania in general. Oh. Okay, I was trying to look at the first WrestleMania. Oh, man, those are the good old days. WrestleMania won. Oh, you remember uh, Wendy Richter, the female wrestler? No. So she beat Leilani Kai. Leilani Kai. Yeah, to win the women's championship. So Wendy Richter was managed by Cindy Lauper. Leilani Kai must be from oh. Hawaii. Hey, I got one for you here. This is going to bring you way back. Do you remember the U.S. Express? Mike Rotundo and Barry Windham? Oh, wow. That's old. Wow. I do not remember that at all. <laughs> so Gene Okerlund, do you remember the fast food chain? The Mean Jeans uh, burger joint? Oh, yeah. Is he, he passed, right? He had to. I mean, he was, he was, he'd always wear the tux. Well, man. That's kinda, some good old days. It, it's fun going back through memory lane, remembering all those ones. Um, it's crazy to think that something like professional wrestling kind of exists, even still today. It's, that, it's, it's the most, like, it's crazy. Yeah. It's still the most watched Monday nights, WW Raw or Raw <laughs> on Mondays and like whatever else. Ugh. Well, all right. Uh, we yep. hope that you uh had some memories come back for yourself here on this episode of View from the Rock podcast, talking about the top three pro wrestlers of all time. Just a reminder that if you have anything that you'd want to let us know about that we messed up on, wrestlers we forgot, or top movie soundtracks that we should have mentioned. Email us at theviewfromtherock at gmail.com. And you can also message us at the View from the Rock uh, Instagram. Uh, until next time, you can listen to any of our podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, or anywhere else you listen to your podcasts. Everyone, stay safe. <laughs>